Please note, this episode was recorded before the murder of George Floyd by a Minneapolis police officer led to nationwide protests. We stand with the African-American community and believe Black Lives Matter. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we're going to talk about our decision to take control of our career and why you might want to take control too. Then in take two, we'll share listener suggestions about how Sarah and the rest of us can have a smaller life during this global pandemic. We've also got a mailroom question about how we organize our creative process. This week's Hollywood Hack will help you enjoy all that extra time at home just a little bit more. But before we get to all that, we want to tell you all about a fascinating and necessary live COVID-19 speaker series. Yes, Sarah, this is part of the excellent podcast called Catch a Break, which is the insider's guide to breaking into and navigating Hollywood. We're actually going to have some of the people behind Catch a Break on Happier in Hollywood next week. But before that, we wanted to highly recommend listening to their live series called The Way Back, all about navigating the film industry in the era of COVID-19. It's a series they're doing every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific, May 28th through June 18th. And I think you don't have to listen live. You can go back and listen. So go to catchabreakpodcast.com to register for that. And it is free best of all. And we will for sure be listening to that. Yes. Okay, Sarah, it is time for From the Treadmill Desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's taking control, specifically taking control of our career. Yes. And of course, we thought we'd taken control of our career when we decided to sign with our new manager, Diane Frazier. Yes, and that was definitely a step in the right direction. Yes. But we recently realized that, in general, we've been letting other people control our career. That was not a good awakening. It really was not. And I feel like it's an awakening we have kind of on a semi-regular basis. (laughs) It's sort of like, we're going to ride the dragon, and then we're like, no, we're going to do something safe. We're going to ride the dragon. No, Mm -hmm. we're going to do something safe. It's a similar cycle, and it's always a mistake. Yes, So we basically wasted three weeks just waiting for this offer. Right. And then it came and we couldn't come to terms on the deal. And it just made us realize how often we're waiting for someone else to give us a go ahead to do something. (laughs) Yes. Whether it's a meeting, a pitch, an offer, we're always sort of waiting like good Midwestern girls for someone to approve us doing something. Right. Yeah. And we just decided enough of that. We're going to write what we want to write and worry about selling it later. Yes, which is not what we ever do, Sarah. We always wait for someone to say, yes, write that. We never, never do. I will say, fortunately, Diane has 
strong opinions about ideas that we brought to her, which is really helpful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Getting that outside perspective on like, yes, this is an interesting area. Yes, this is an interesting area. That does help us sort of narrow it down. I also think for us, Sarah, sidebar, we're both obligers, which means we do really well with outer accountability. And I think we can sort of use Diane for outer accountability, which will help us take control because we're creating a situation which we will follow through. Absolutely. But it's frustrating, I think, for both of us because... It's the same thing that Jenna Fisher talked about in episode 27. Take control of your career, create your own stuff, do your own thing. Now, I will say also that we were doing that with our fiction podcast that we were writing. It just having the worst timing in the universe. That's about a pandemic and it just doesn't seem like something (laughs) that's going to just, you know, fly off the podcast airwaves right now. I know. Such a bummer. Yeah. So I don't know. We're conditioned in a certain way to just sort of go through this very specific process. And what we're deciding is we need to just create our own process. Mm -hmm. And it feels definitely true for us here in Hollywood. But I'm also thinking it's probably true for people in many industries, especially right now. Yes. In general, We are all, I think, being so buffeted about by just the world right now that anything we can take control of on our own and turn into something for ourselves is probably good. Yeah. So the question is, we know what to do to take control. It's very clear for us. It's write something we want to write. That's what we can do. Everybody else doesn't necessarily have that clear path. So we were trying to think, what can other people do to help take control of their careers? One thing we talk about all the time is networking, which is just Mm -hmm. constantly expanding your group of people you know who are affiliated with what you do and who might be able to lead you to opportunity. Develop new skills to make you more hireable. That's another thing that people can do. Whatever arena you want to go into or advance more in, This is a perfect time to take those online classes. Or to take whatever tests you need to take to get your real estate license or your Series 7, whatever that is. People always say Series 7. (laughs) I have no idea what it is. That sounds intimidating. (laughs) Yes. Also, and we've talked about this before, build your presence on social media. A lot of us don't feel like doing that, but time and again, we find out that it really helps. Yes. And then just keep your eyes open for every opportunity. This is the time when you just have to grab hold of anything that comes along and go for it. Yeah. And one thing, you know, that Lori Zak said to us many times is that she never had a job that she was qualified for. In other words, (laughs) leap before you look. Yes. And I think that's great advice for us and for everybody. Absolutely. All right. Have you taken control of your career? Do you feel like you need to take control? We want to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Coming up, we hear from you all about how Sarah can have a smaller life. But first, this break.
Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Liz, it's time for take two. As you know, we are usually big proponents of choosing a bigger life, but in episode 157, I asked for suggestions on how to create a smaller life, which so many of us are in desperate need of, thanks to COVID-19. And thankfully, many of our listeners responded with great ideas. Yes. Catherine said, I know you mentioned getting Violet to do things is more work, and I agree, but I needed the children to pitch in. One thing I hated growing up was my mom telling me and my sister to do our chores. I mean, the word is awful for awful things, and we loathed it and didn't do the chores, so I didn't want to phrase it that way. So I sat the kids down and said how house was looking after us during lockdown, keeping us safe, gave us our own space, garden, etc., and how we had to look after house, which they liked. Of course, we need to look after house, they said. So without making a big deal, I just asked them to do the following. Clear their dishes after eating, hang their towels up after the bath and put their dirty clothes in the wash basket. After dinner, they take turns hoovering the kitchen. Sarah, I love the term hoovering. I know. She's so British. This whole email is so British, and I loved it. And she says, to be honest, I think they like the responsibility of being in charge. So I'm going to read that email to Violet. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how it goes. And then Amy, who's a single mom from Chicago with a 19-year-old and a 10-year-old, wrote, I taught my kids to cook over the years. I have convinced them that cooking is cool. During quarantine right now, my kids are in charge of making breakfast or lunch. They switch off or sometimes cook together, cleanup included. My daughter made excellent pancakes this morning, and my son made a potato and pepper omelet. Also, everyone does their own laundry, including washing sheets linens. I spent about two weeks teaching my kids this at about age eight. I just want to say Violet turns eight, like in two weeks. Mm. My son is still bad about keeping up with his laundry, but his problemo if he has nothing clean to wear, LOL. My daughter actually enjoys the independence of taking care of her clothes. She also says she taught her kids how to make guacamole, which I think is genius. (laughs) Yes, we all need more guacamole in our lives. Yes. And also, this is interesting. She said she gives her kids a half hour of distraction-free, 100% attention before beginning her work for the day. And she then finds the day moves at a better pace. So that's something you could try. Yeah, I do think that that makes a big difference. It's If Violet feels like she's sort of had her bucket filled a little bit at the beginning of the day, the whole day goes more smoothly. Sarah, I love this from Kayla. She says, the way I keep my world smaller is starting small, saying no to at least one thing a day. 
The more I do it, the more I realize how much more I can say no to, that I don't need as many distractions or unnecessary obligations, and that the world keeps moving. Keep everyone fed, sheltered, and loved right now, including yourself. Everything else during a global pandemic is negotiable or possibly unnecessary. So I love saying no to things. Yes, and it's such a good reminder, thank you, Kayla, that in fact, we are in a global pandemic. And yes. we can adjust our bar a little bit. <laughs> Sarah, I was proud of myself because I said no for you to something um, the other day. I just said, well, Sarah's too you. busy for this, but <laughs> I'll do it because I'm less oh. busy. And this is why you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Tara wrote, your discussion in episode 157 reminded me of this book I read years ago and loved, The Not-So-Big Life by Sarah Suzanka. Maybe not practical tips for getting guinea pig cages cleaned, but a really lovely philosophy. All right, so I will check out her website. It's suzanka.com slash not-so-big-life. Katie says, and we heard this from a lot of people, Sarah. Yes. Get a Roomba vacuum. It literally vacuums while you're out of the room. I typically do it when I go to bed and wake up with a clean living room. You can rotate it around the house and do different rooms at different times. Been a lifesaver. That's a great idea. Uh, Katie, thank you. Chuck agrees with you. He also suggested <laughs> getting a Roomba. And Annie said, you can't expect to get things done like everyone else may, especially now when you can't bring in anyone to help you. You have to come up with a plan that works for you and Violet. If that means you only vacuum two rooms a week, so be it. You have to find the balance that will work. Besides, no one is going to see the house. Find what works for you and what you can live with. That is great advice, and I'm definitely trying to implement that. Here's what April's done to have a smaller life. She says, one thing we have thought of doing, we also got paper plates, is to implement the, quote, dish austerity program. Basically, each person has what they need for the day. One set of dishes, plate, bowl, cup, a drinking glass, and a set of cutlery. By reducing availability, we have fewer dishes to wash. Well, I love calling it the dish austerity program. It feels very important. It does. I Yes, I'm fully implementing the dish austerity program starting today. Okay, Danielle says, I think that life is going to be different with this COVID-19 thing for a long while. I am part of a Facebook group for professor moms, and we are starting to converge around the idea that we need to switch from a short-term bunker approach to a long-term one that balances safety, sanity, and productivity. We all agree that adding someone to your family pod, like an au pair, is the way to go if you can afford it. If not, adding a dedicated babysitter who lives elsewhere but is serious about distancing like you are is the second best choice. This isn't really the smaller life, but it may be the more manageable one. Mm. Danielle makes a really excellent point, and that's essentially what I've done by... <laughs> driving to Missouri and <laughs> <laughs> and stealing my stepmom away from her life. And it's made a huge difference, I will say. A huge difference. Sarah, in addition to the Roomba, we also got several suggestions, and this one's from Kathleen, for the Dyson stick vacuum. Yes, people love their Dyson stick vacuums. Okay, Wanda says, get groceries delivered. Use a service like Splendid Spoon for your healthy meals. It is easier to cook for Violet if your meal is set. That's true. So I love Saqqara for that reason, except that Violet steals all my food. <laughs> <laughs> Clean one room a day, no more and no less. It deals with the decision fatigue on how much and how little home chores to do. 
And she says, let some things go. Edible garden, yoga practice, remodeling projects. <laughs> I guess it's put in whatever you think is worth letting go there. Yes, absolutely. And then Lauren said, typically variety is the spice of life, but during intense periods of stress, routine is better and more gentle on your central nervous system. I am an education administrator with a background in mental health. This is brain science. Here's my suggestion for making life smaller. Help reduce decision fatigue by cutting down on the options you give yourself and the number and frequency of decisions. Examples, have the same simple breakfast and lunch daily for a week. Rewear an outfit later the same week, slash adopt a uniform. Reduce the complexity of dinner you prepare, slash make a bigger batch to have leftovers, slash adopt a regular weekly menu. Watch the same show, work on the same craft, read the same book, take the same route on your walk. You know what, Lauren, those are brilliant, and I actually do most of those already. I think routine and uniformity are the best things we can do, to, especially now, to just help our sanity in our lives. And I think once school is out, I'm going to do it even more. Yeah, a lot of people mentioned decision fatigue being one of the things that is really draining. And if you want a smaller life, just cutting down the number of decisions you have to make really helps. I feel like I have adopted a uniform not intentionally, unintentionally. <laughs> and it looks a lot like yoga pants and a t-shirt. Yes, mine looks a lot like sweatpants and a black t-shirt <laughs> every day. Next up, we'll answer a question about organizing the creative process. But first, this break. All right, Sarah, it's time for a question from the mailroom, and this comes from Maggie in our Facebook group. She says, I would love if you guys could do a quick segment on how you organize everything within the creative process. How do you keep track of things like story ideas, inspiration, characters, settings, lines of dialogue, early stage outlines or drafts, IP you've liked, notes, etc.?" Well, we don't have a scientific way of doing this, Sarah. But No, I would say imperfect at best. Yes, but there's a few kind of tools we use. Yeah. Um, whiteboards, for one. We have multiple whiteboards in your office at the moment. And we usually have on the whiteboard, one area is just a list of development ideas. So if we have some random idea for a show, we put it on that list and it could stay there for five years yeah. <laughs> or we could end up developing it that month. Yeah. Then we also have a list that's podcast segment ideas. Yes. And now that um, my office is Violet's schoolroom, I think everyone in Violet's class knows what all our podcast <laughs> episode ideas are. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. And then we break episodes on the other whiteboards and we keep that up until the episode is complete. Yeah. So that's kind of the drafts when you ask about like the outline drafts. I would say that's really the break on the board. I mean, of course, if we're working on a show, then we have actual drafts of everything. Right. And then we keep all of those drafts in final draft. Yes. Um, with files labeled for each show. Yeah. And then, Sarah, another way we organize our creative process is with Google Docs. Now, you and I resisted using Google Docs. Our former assistant, Boifoua, was very adamant that we use Google Docs, <laughs> and we finally succumbed to her will. Yes. And it was a game changer. I mean, I couldn't live without it at this point. 
No, now we use it all the time. And I don't love it, to be honest, but it is very useful. I would like to be able to organize it better, and I don't think it's like a simple, seamless process, but we do use it every day. Yes. I also use PDF Expert. Every year I start a new file for development. So I have like development 2016, development 2017, et cetera. And everything that gets sent to us, I keep in that file in PDF Expert. Oh, um, well, that's good. I didn't even know you did this. That sounds very organized. <laughs> well, so that's our IP. I mean, it helps me find things. Yes, that's our IP file that Liz didn't even know about. And then, Sarah, we have a list of everything that we've learned doing like various pilots and running various shows. But I realized I don't even know where that is. I think you are the master of that list. Yes, it's a note on my phone. We should probably put that in Google Docs. Yes, we should. The other thing that we do, which is nice when you're part of a team, is we email each other ideas when we don't want to forget them. So again, yes. it's not scientific, but I know that if I emailed her something, worst case scenario, I can just search through my emails and find it eventually. Yeah, we do a lot of searching through emails, often emails to and from former assistants. Yes. It was like, well, this was when Mary was our assistant. Yes. So let's look up emails from Mary. Well, this was when Brooke was our assistant. So let's look up emails from Brooke. Again, it's an imperfect system. <laughs> But Maggie, I'm so glad you asked this question because I think in dealing with the creative process, there's a real temptation to think if you have a great idea, you will remember it and you don't actually mm. need to write it down. Like, oh, I'll never forget this great character name. I'll never forget this idea. But inevitably, we forget whatever that idea was, and you probably do too. So you really do need to figure out a way to keep your stuff accessible. Absolutely. Okay, Liz, it's time for this week's Hollywood hack, which is do some in-house excavating. Okay, so what do we mean by that? <laughs> We're all spending all this time at home, and we have all these things stored in our nooks and crannies of our houses that we don't ever even look at or use. So instead of looking online for something new, look in those nooks and crannies and find something you already have that can add to your life. And you did this, Sarah. I did, and I found an air popper, a popcorn popper. I love popcorn poppers. The air poppers are so great. They're healthy. You're not cooking with oil. And, I mean, we've had this for years and not used it. And now, for the last month, we've used it like two or three times a week. It's so fun. Yeah, and then it's like when you're watching a movie, it's a real to-do instead of just watching a movie. It feels exactly. more realistic. Yes, we have the big red popcorn bowl. It's amazing. I love it. Now, what about you? What have you excavated? Well, Sarah, I rediscovered my Nutribullet mixer because I went through a smoothie-making phase. <laughs> I got out of my smoothie-making phase. And then during this time of being safer at home, I realized that I wanted to start again. So I got out my Nutribullet. I started using it. Now, here's the bad thing is it promptly broke. So oh, I have no. now ordered a new Nutribullet, which sort of goes <laughs> against what you're saying. But I did realize that it was something I really liked using. So that's a yeah. plus. Nice. Sarah, I happen to know that you have like a paraffin wax machine in your garage. I want you to get that baby out and put it to use <laughs> and let me know how it is. Oh, my God. I'm so doing that. Okay. Deal. Consider it done. 
So we'd love it if everyone out there does a little of your own in-house excavating and let us know what you find. What interesting items are you putting to good use? And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed, who has a bread maker that he needs to put to use. <laughs> Thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Do the Thing from Whole30's Melissa Urban. And check out the newest Onward Project podcast, Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Liz Craft and Sarah is at S. Fain. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Liz Craft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. We're good to go. Ready, Sarah? Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Except for the incredibly loud car driving by. Oh, I can't hear it. Oh, I can't. You can check and hear it. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> okay. Is it gone? Yeah. Oh, and now my phone is ringing. <laughs> From the Onward Project.